Ayushi Mona and you're listening to India Booked, a podcast where we lean into the idea of India through its literature and we speak to authors who bring this to life. Parents often think that they are on top of things when it comes to their children. In Stoned, Shamed, Depressed, journalist Jyotsna Mohan Bhargava investigates the secret lives of India's urban teens and comes up with an eye-opening account of struggles with addiction to substances, social media, gaming, dealing with intense peer pressure, bullying, body shaming and the resultant physical and mental health issues. Her book chronicles the confused journey of Indian teens to adulthood along a road that's full of temptation, where boundaries are easily blurred and where the lure of easy adventure, often in the virtual world, can unleash events that have repercussions for years to come. The narrative interweaves accounts of teens, parents, teachers and child psychologists to reveal a deeply disturbing picture of modern-day school life in urban India. On this episode of India Booked, join us as we talk about this often not discussed issue, the unraveling mental health of India's teens. Hello everyone, I am Ayushi Mona, your host on India Booked. Today I am super pumped to have with me Jyotsna Mohan Bhargava. She's worked with NDTV for 15 years as a senior news anchor and a senior news editor. She's a columnist for multiple newspapers and magazines in India and abroad. She's also written Stone, Shame, Depressed, uh, which is an extremely explosive account that, you know, really chronicles the journey that adolescents today take uh, on their path to adulthood. Um, You can listen uh, about the book on YouTube on NDTV's channel as well, where Josna inaugurated the book. Um, And we are going to dive into some of these specifics today on on what Josna's captured. Uh, Josna, welcome to the show. Super happy and excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Ayushi. Really looking forward to this session. Hope, you know, it's going to be enjoyable for those listening in as well later. Yeah, I I almost think it's kind of uh, ironical uh, 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 to uh, use the word happiness and enjoyable because, of course, that's the sentiment we have towards each other uh, doing the session. But this book really shook me. I finished reading it, uh, uh, you know, late Friday night uh, after we'd spoken during this week. And... uh, for parts, I think parts of me, and that could also be because I'm not a parent, I'm say like in my mid 20s. For me, this book uh, really resonated with what I had seen in school because I was part of, uh, you know, the kind of audience that you speak about in your book, which is urban Indian teenagers in, in, in prominent schools. Um, and of course, uh, this things were slightly different maybe 10 12 years back but but all of these realities were say taking shape and and emerging back then as well so a lot of the book is something that i could understand and relate to uh, but i want to ask you what was really your motivation behind putting this together 
Firstly, Ayushi, I want to I want to go back to how you know you said about the word enjoyable when it comes to this book. I've really struggled with that myself. You know, every time somebody sent me a photo of the book or tweeted the book, you know, I the instinctive reaction is enjoy the book, and then I'm like, you know, it's such a tough, it's such a hard knock out there in that book that you know, I mean, am I, I I don't know what to say to people. Then I just say, you know, give me your feedback. <laughs> carry on you know because it's so tricky but uh, having said that my motivation has been twofold in a sense that you know i've been uh, i say that often i think i've been fascinated for the last few years with you know seeing children at the ages of 5 6 7 all you know being gifted a smartphone or an ipad and i've really questioned i've really wanted to go into where is it that these children are going with these gadgets in their hands so early you know when when they when they don't know any safety measures nothing you know it, they think it's a toy but where are the parents actually taking these children as well and i think on the other hand i kind of realized that there are a lot of headlines now in the recent years or so around children like the snapchat bullying case or you know whether it's been the mumbai whatsapp case or the boys locker room case and you know all these cases they're making the headlines and then after two days three days we're not talking about them anymore and i i really wanted to question as to why is it that we're not digging deeper into the lives of children when so much is going on with them why are we not taking it seriously and i think you know it so it was a combination of both these things and i kind of wondered in my mind whether all these children that i'm seeing at the age of 5 and 6 you know who are working who are, who are sitting with a gadget are these the ones then you know becoming the headlines that we see two years later so i think my attempt has been to bring out to a society that is you know that doesn't look very openly and happily to things that are uncomfortable things that are not traditional and uh, talk about the fact that you know things happen to our children and just because they are younger does not mean that the issues around them are not big i'm actually uh, uh, you know very uh, worried uh, post reading this book uh, because what we knew as dangers right when say we were younger was that okay be careful when you go out playing stay away from the road um uh, and you know don't talk to strangers but now th- the kids are not all right because the danger is pretty much within home it it's uh, on these gadgets and devices that parents sort of leave the children on because parents also have to switch off or they or they think that they have to keep up with the times uh, and a lot of times this danger is on your phone on your parents phone on uh, and and in your classroom and your rooms so the danger is not so much outside anymore as it is within and on these devices and you've done such a uh, you know i must say rigorous job really because uh, josna you've reached out to students and uh, psychologists and teachers what do you think between the different sets of audiences that you spoke to um, how how do you think the perception of the gravity of this issue varies oh it does immensely but uh, you know firstly talking about that danger that is there now i feel that danger is here 24/7 you know earlier we would talk about okay you get bullied in school you take the school bus you come home it's done for the day right but now as soon as you come home so many children have you know 
get going on their smartphone, get going on their iPads. And that cycle just continues and continues. So these children and, you know, I, I feel like, you know, even in a, the, the kind of reaction that I've got from people who are in their 20s has been enormous, Ayushi, you know. it's a, The book is actually targeting a demographic from the age of 15 to about 45, 50. So it's not just it, because I've said it right at the beginning, this is really not a parenting book. And so a lot of people, even in their 20s, identified with stuff that they've gone through recently and and I think there's just so much I think it's been cathartic for a lot of them for for, for teenagers for children for for people in their 20s you know they're like at least somebody has finally spoken about the issues that we're going through that you know it's not just like a smooth ride and the, the mental health issues but a lot of them have actually looked at me and said we're so impressed that you got out gaming into the book because gaming is just not understood in the country but on the other hand you know when i speak to the adults i think uh, I, i'd say that there's a tiny fraction that is really involved with what's going on that understands you know, understands the dangers of the cyber world, that understands what it is like to be let loose on social media. And even these parents, I found them to be struggling because, you know, there's just so many challenges coming from all directions. So imagine now the parents that are spoken to are still living in denial. We still say that these things don't happen. I mean, they're like, if I, I, I spoke to somebody I know and I, I mentioned to her, and I said, I believe, you know, that the school in which uh, your children study, there was a case where uh, a boy and a girl were asked to leave after they found they were found to be getting intimate. And her instinctive reaction was that, you know, this is uh, it's really controversial. Let's not talk about it. And that's where I'm coming from. That's the reason I wrote this book. I think the time to it's time to get over this denial. It's time to accept that uncomfortable things happen in our society as well. It's time to go beyond the fact that this is just a Western culture. No, in fact, you know, one of the you know the one of the first reactions that I got on uh, Twitter was from this gentleman who wrote to me saying that you know this book is a quote Western bullshit unquote. And I replied back saying, you know, this is precisely the reason that I've written this book. It's precisely the people like you that I have written this book because, you know, we cannot sit in denial anymore. Any child who has a smartphone in their hands, whether even in, you know, semi-urban India is now that Western child that you're talking about, that you're looking down about, you know, that you think is not happening. And it, it, it's all the same here. Now we're watching the same shows. We're streaming everything at the same time. So I'm just, you know, it's very hard getting to parents. And I know a lot of them are going to look down their nose about, you know, down at this book and say, Ye hota. but it's all happening. And unless we sit down and we accept the reality of what is going on with our children, I'm afraid, you know, we're in danger of losing this generation. I absolutely agree with you, right? Because ultimately, right, if... I am on Snapchat or Instagram. I have access to the same account features that everyone else does. Uh, and it doesn't matter if the, the other teenager is in New York City and I am in New Delhi or in Indore or Bhopal or anywhere else, right? So ultimately, uh, because the internet is like a flat level playing field for everyone everyone has access to the same things um, and access hence uh, to the same problems and same aspirations um, 
and and of course a lot of these things right could also be uh, due to the fact that there is obviously a technological gap uh, or an understanding gap uh, you i mean say parents don't even understand say substance abuse or or i think in, you know a parent might not know what vaping is but his or her child is quite ahead of the curve they know all of that they know uh, how to uh, you know um, hack someone's account for instance now that that's not a reality for the parent but it's a reality for the child and and the child uh, is hence caught up in that web of uh, whether it's being technologically more aware but really not being emotionally equipped to deal with all of these things uh, i just wonder uh, josna because you've you know written about uh, a spectrum of things right from the gaming piece uh, uh which is something which is completely new age to something as obvious as uh, say suicides right for high performers how did you go in on uh, and decide that okay this is what you want to zero in on and speak about because there's so many issues that really plague teenagers today um and and of course you know the risk of people being disbelieving or people saying oh this is just too urban or too tier one city types it's it doesn't really reflect real india but ultimately there are thousands and lakhs of children in these top schools as well right and they are part of the country as much as um, as somebody with not as much privilege so why uh, is it that there are certain issues um, Uh, that get glamorized in a particular way or not i think the mental health of say a 13 year old who has certain privilege is as weighty as the mental health of maybe a child who may not have that much privilege because ultimately even the other child will in the future someday have access uh, to say internet or to being bullied or to being uh, aspirational in the and and then maybe taking up to these things you know without proper guidance and support absolutely you know it's it's as, as you know somebody did write to me saying that you know this doesn't then apply to tier 2 cities and but you're absolutely wrong because some of the tier 2 cities are catching up when it comes to smartphone usage when it comes to our children and i think smartphone is at the crux of you know everything that goes around i mean it it's something where you know you're sitting on instagram snapchat you're even gaming you don't even need a console anymore right so i think that uh, i don't think like you said you know that it this is we can differentiate i think the issues are the same i mean any child who can be sitting in ludhiana can have a mental health issue and any child sitting in mumbai can have you know anxiety pants it's all the same it's the culture that we're living in it's the it's the hurried environment of cyberspace every child has access now you know it's all about the access it's about the exposure that they get it's nothing like what we had and you know if you if you if you're streaming the same shows as somebody in europe or the us is doing you you're streaming them all simultaneously your exposure then is exactly the same as it is anywhere else in the world so to say that you know we're still not exposed to that is absolutely not correct and i think it was really hard for me to figure out what to you know what to focus on but fortunately the last uh, a couple of years before i started writing this book uh, ayushi i had started picking up these issues one by one and started writing opinion pieces on it in d- different uh, publications so you know stuff like bullying i'd already written about body shaming 
I had written about the normalization of the word rape across school corridors I had written about. So I think taking from there, I just, you know, delved a little bit deeper, like you spoke about, you know, things that you come across, it's just about, I think, uh, you know, as journalists, we keep asking questions. So if somebody would talk to me and mention something I found a little odd, I would keep asking questions, which is why my big focus on vaping, as you also mentioned, and you know, vaping to, uh, to just give you an example about vaping and how this, you know, this whole wall of denial still remains in educated, upper class, you know, society. Uh, a school teacher in one of the biggest schools in the country, uh, in fact, she's a school principal. And when I was sitting and interviewing her, you know, and we were talking about vaping and she was telling me about how so many children are vaping, not just in senior school, but even in middle school. And then, you know, she actually turned around and she pointed to a cupboard in her room and in school. And she said, you see that cupboard? It is full. It is filled with confiscated e-cigarettes. And she said, and parents, I call them and they look at me like, you know, our kids don't do it. Our kids don't do it. And I've seen that, you know, I went, I, I, I went on a, um, a session just shortly before the book was to be launched. And one of the girls um, who was in it, she was class 12 student. So, you know, I thought that well, there are going to be a lot of parents on this. Let me get a girl, you know. They, they're going to understand how things are happening when a student, you know, who's possibly the age of their children speaks rather than me. So when I asked that girl about vaping, she was she was so honest and open. And she spoke about how vaping is so rampant in school and school corridors. And Ayushi, my whole session, my whole chat was suddenly filled with parents saying, oh, we had no idea. We had no idea. We had no idea. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, my kids are younger, but I have an idea. How do you not have an idea? And I can tell you, it's not about not having an idea. It's about the fact that you don't want to accept that this happens. Like I spoke with somebody in a school where I know it happens. It's very rampant. And I asked her, I said, your son is now in class 11 or 12. Does he know about raping? And her instinctive reaction was, no, no, he doesn't even know about it. I said, you know, ask him. No, I don't need to. I know he doesn't know. And I'm sorry to say, I completely do not agree. I'm sure that boy knows if, if he's not vaping, at least he's aware of what vaping is. So this is what we are up against. And I think that, you know, this book, I hope that uh, parents can at least look at the issues that I've tried to bring about. Some some are very, very critical in this environment. Things like consent, things like teaching our children how to say no. I mean, look, look at the culture outside. Look at what is going on when it comes to women and children and the crimes against them. I think these are critical conversations that we need to have in our homes and we need to have them now. I'm so glad, you know, that you've actually written a book like this. And, and, and again, perhaps being slightly closer uh, to age in terms of somebody who say passed out of school or just got out of the education system than most parents listening to the show. I have to tell every parent out there, um, you know, that while your child may not be involved, right, your child cannot escape the realities of sort of being pressured or bullied or being made aware of the environment, right? So even if, and, and your book, for instance, and, and because you brought up consent, right, your book has such um, relevant and, and heartbreaking instances of, right, of children, say, sending nudes to each other or, or uh, you know, using social media and and uh, no and not using consent or or just using their bodies as bait without really even being aware of the kind of repercussions uh, there is a portion in the book where a girl 
say a girl who's not even the ninth standard has say purchased lingerie to post up a picture on instagram right as a thirst trap now while your child may not be indulging in these right and while you could say limit the interaction that your child has to these things there is no way that your child is not aware that a classmate is doing something like this right or a friend is doing something like this and even being in the know affects your mental health and affects uh, the stance that you choose to take so if you choose to distance yourself from substance abuse or bullying or all of the all of these performative aspects of the kind of peer pressure that children today deal with um, there's a certain cost to mental health that comes from being isolated from a friend group as well right so even if your child is a good child even if your child is a child who comes and tells you everything and you have a great bond with them your your child will still carry the burdens of knowing and hence it's imperative that these discussions are in public and you know and they don't really happen um in the case of most parents just believing ha acha hota hoga but hamare साथ नहीं होता या हमारे बच्चों के फ्रेंड्स ठीक है और माय चाइल्ड इज स्टडिंग एंड गेटिंग ग्रेट मार्क्स एंड इज यू नो गोइंग टू क्लियर कंपेटिटिव एग्जाम सो ऑल इज वेल एंड आई थिंक दैट्स आल्सो इंपॉर्टेंट एस्पेक्ट दैट पेरेंट्स डोंट रियलाइज दैट दैट यू कांट रियली एस्केप फ्रॉम दीज रियलिटीज जस्ट बिकॉज यू चूज टू इग्नोर देम और सो फार यू हैव नॉट बीन अफेक्टेड बाय देम बिकॉज अल्टीमेटली इट्स एन इकोसिस्टम थिंग राइट आई मीन द बॉयज इन द लॉकर रूम Uh, conversation case the minor girls that they were talking about i'm sure the parents of those girls had thought that everything is fine with their girls but but the girls are being bullied in this ecosystem so you can be perpetrated against even if you're not a perpetrator and hence these conversations have become super important you know ayushi i i just have like one request to the parents and i think you know read this book with an open mind because you know i mean go beyond or oh, look at the issue look at the fact that we're talking about drugs or look at the fact that you know we're talking about sex in schools and go beyond it and read between the lines and read at the poignancy i'm trying to take out of you know of of, of a bunch of children who really are you know are looking for an anchor they, they why should a child tell me that you know we, i have drugs but you know anybody who has a void in them they feel the need for these experience enhancers you know if we if we didn't have this void inside us why would we resort to these things i think that's what we need to see why why have we made them so isolated right i mean it's it's really hard your pressure is so tough on this generation to the fear of being ostracized is enormous i think of you know no no child wants to snitch on their friends and i think they're not for the simple reason again that there's just so much pressure to not not do wrong and i think that's where they're choosing so if they're not speaking and having conversations at home they have two choices whether they go with what you know traditionally a family expects of them or whether they go and you know stay with the children and not get ostracized in school and i think a lot of them are choosing to go with what the children are doing in school and they they feel like you know we'll handle we'll handle what goes on at home in any case you know it's not like we're having any conversation so we'll deal with it when it comes to it maybe our parents will never even know about it and i think it's really sad to leave these children to their own devices right now we really have to up our game because so much this at such an impressionable age i mean the biggest biggest learning for me in this ayushi was the fact that you know i thought i was going to write about children who are 17 18 19 maybe 20 21 22 
where I ended up, the epicenter was 10, 11, 12, 13. Look at that age gap. Every month matters in cyberspace. Now, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds have this unrestrained freedom, you know, to do what they want with nobody looking, with nobody telling them, with nobody explaining any cyber safety laws to them. I mean, they, they, they're getting attacked from all sides. So it's a very, very hard knock. It, it didn't happen in our times. Perhaps it did. I mean, I, 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 you can't say that drugs didn't happen in our times, you know, or issues didn't come up in our times and people didn't have mental health issues. It's just gotten exaggerated in this whole cyber world, in this whole social media world. And I think to save our children, we need to understand what is going on with them first. Absolutely. And this whole thing, right, that the tweens are the new teens yes. is, is so important because a lot of times uh, uh, parents might judge the epicenter or the time to talk about these issues as the time that they themselves went through this, right? So if, say, for instance, they dealt with puberty at 13 or 14, they think that's the right time to talk to their kid. But but in today's time, the boat really has sailed. So you maybe should be talking to your kid when they are 8 or a 9 years old. Yeah. And and in, in fact, there's this one section in your book where you talk about um, a boy who's in class 5 and... and, and uh, uh, keeps missing school because of his gaming addiction and uh, and there of course I mean while all of this is really heartbreaking to read um, I think perhaps the good thing and what I think is really important and something that I take away from this book is that uh, that there are a lot of child psychologists or uh, medical personnel right so it's not that an ecosystem for support doesn't exist in our urban cities it's growing it's nascent but it's growing in fact there is for instance you've mentioned uh, something called the shut clinic which is the country's first digital detox clinic shut stands for service for healthy use of technology for those of you who are listening in it's based in bangalore and and uh, it's a great thing that that these uh, psychologists, counselors, and and other mental health professionals are there to really guide children through. Because a lot of times, younger children will simply block out parents, right? Yes. So I think uh, that for me has been an important takeaway. That at least now there is this ecosystem where a child can be comfortable or speak um, in. A, addition to you know whatever they're dealing with right apart from say a school or the parent themselves right but i think you know we really as schools especially have to really up the game when it comes to you know counseling when it comes to sex education when it comes to mental health counseling i mean so many children now ayushi so many children they all spoke about how that you know they're still not getting the kind of education that they need to get and, you know, sexual, sex education is still very, it, it, it's at a token stage still. And a lot of children still spoke about the fact that, you know, they need counselors, that they don't really know where to go half the time. And I think while that support system has increased, so have the cases, right? And so in that balance, everything is back to square one. And I think really schools need to uh, also change their game. I feel that a lot depends on schools now. They can't just stick to the teaching of old, you know, where a child just comes in and, you know, you do the textbook learning and you do learning by rote and you let them go. I think schools now need to embrace a whole different level of teaching, a very holistic level of teaching where, you know, they need to go beyond just what's going on in the textbooks and see what's going on with the children and understand where the children are coming from. I think schools have a very important role to play going forward. 
I agree with you and uh, and here again right this is where one of those issues of you know those typical India versus Bharat issues that we always talk about right when it comes to children's issue crops up uh, is that a lot of times um, uh, we negate certain kinds of education right which is more practical uh, due to the whole nature of our economy being more competitive or parents just in general thinking right that the purpose of education is to land you employment more than prepare right. you for life yeah. uh, i say that i say that. yeah i say that you know it's time that we really focus on life lessons for now you know this i mean yeah, just yesterday a mother was messaging me a friend you know her son is in uh, class 7 and you know she was telling me this online studies have become so crazy and i understand i see it with my own daughter you know i mean she studies from 7:30 to 3 o'clock you know with barely 2 minute breaks in the middle and then they get homework you know so and this is online you're sitting with the gadget we're just not thinking what we're doing to our children why is it so important that we cannot back off we just don't back off from the conventional and it bothers me it in it really bothers me and i'm seeing more and more of that happening during covid i mean when covid happened all of us went oh gosh what are we going to do how are we going to exercise how are we going to keep fit so we went and bathed we went and cleaned not one person said what what is happening with our children you know we thought okay now our children are doing online studies they're happy with the gadgets no they're not Six months later, they're miserable. But we're not talking. We're just not talking. And it's really sad. It bothers me that we're not asking these children how they're struggling with their online classes. They are struggling. And to top it all, schools giving them homework after like a long, long day. I don't understand why. I don't understand what it will take for us to back off from our traditional thinking and you know look at a child first versus what is expected. It's very hard. True, and I, I, you know, of course, I think this is one of those conversations that we can keep doing, right? Because, um, and I have to say this, Jyotsna, uh, before I ask you the next question or something, um, if I were your child, I would be super proud of my mother for having actually attempted, um, and managed to write a book, right? Which, um, which actually speaks to. what is happening right as opposed to just a perception of what parents think is happening and the kind of effort you've put in and and the kind of i think objectivity also i'm sure i think as a mother it's not really easy to uh, be doing this kind of research and not panicking and and getting worried yourself but just the kind of objectivity that you've bought in right by not making this a parenting manual right because you could make this a parenting manual of saying that hey uh, you know this is hash or cocaine and this is how children send nudes on snapchat or this is what pubg could be doing to your kid right and you could invoke fear and panic and and all of that but you, i think kudos to you for actually you know making this so objective as opposed to prescriptive or telling parents what needs to be done because i think everybody's just figuring out in today's day and age yeah i mean it that was really that was actually a very tricky part i used to you know not given my two bits here and there um, but I, i i also know that nobody really wants two bits on parenting parenting is very personal and i i feel like you know we don't really want advice as, as a society we don't seek advice and to you know give you an example of something really different and i remember the last uh, winter when it was uh, you know the pollution time pollution was at an all time high in delhi 
And, you know, I just come back from school after having picked up my kids because, you know, the levels were so high, I went and got them home. And while I was driving back, uh, you know, somebody I know was walking, uh, you know, she was jogging uh, in the colony and very intelligent, very, very intelligent, you know, uh, person who uh, worked abroad and everything. And I said, why are you doing this? Look at the levels, they're 700. And she's like, it's okay, you know, we have to, we have to all die. We may as well die fit. And after that, I said, you know, I am not telling anybody what to do. Nobody wants to listen. Everybody's going to do what they want to do. So all, all I can do is to bring out a picture, bring out a mirror for you. How you take it forward is really up to you. But I hope that going forward, you can make a little bit of informed choices. I hope you can do some justice to your children going forward because, you know, they're different. But doesn't make them wrong. They're not always right. So it's a very tricky balance. But they're not completely wrong, as you know. I mean, a lot of children, they speak to me about why do we need to have drugs, auntie? Why, you know, you understand that, you know, why are we in so much pain? And I, across the board, Ayushi, I have asked children one question, same question to every child I met. I said, why is there so much angst in y'all? Why are you so emotionally fragile? And why are you so sensitive? And, you know, they said that we are this way. We, we, we don't want to be what you all were. We're not willing to conform to a society that, you know, keeps going back to traditions. We are different, but nobody's willing to accept that. And I think that's at the core of their struggle. And I think that is where we need to re-evaluate things for ourselves and for our children. Because, you know, when also normalize the things, right? I mean, things are happening. Things, drugs are not just happening in the homeless or, you know, alcohol is not just happening amongst the homeless, frustrated children. Their, their, their compulsions are so different from... The compulsions of the entitled, rich, privileged, well-to-do, or even second-tier ur- urban cities, right? I mean, they've got things. They've got things on a platter. They go to good schools. They've got good education. And yet, why is it that they have nothing to show for it? Why are they struggling? Why Why is it that what they have is not enough? I think we need to reevaluate a lot of things going forward. And, you know, why is it that they need to resort to drugs or why is it that they're resorting to self-harm, which is, again, very big, right? I mean, I, I was stunned at the level of casualness when it comes to self-harm. I mean, so many children, so many of them, I usually talk openly about hitting their wrists or overdosing or having penile. And I am just, I'm just amazed that we don't see this. We, we're not seeing the triggers. We're not looking deeper into what is bothering them. We In the last few of the say some weeks, maybe a month or so, we finally started having these mental health conversations after chanting that food, right? But again, we're still not talking about the children. We're still we're talking about this mental health epidemic. We don't talk about the children. Why? In that age group of 15 to 19, suicide is the largest cause of death. But we're still not talking about that children. And I hope this book, I really hope this book changes that conversation going forward. I hope so too. In fact, to everybody listening in, um, if you are a parent, uh, please read this book. Uh, if you are somebody in their 20s or 30s or 40s and you're still not a parent, that's quite okay. I would still say read this book because you have a nephew, niece, a neighbor, a teenager that you know around you who you could help, right? And if you're a teenager um, and you... Um, you know, are curious, I I would say that please still do read the book because uh, you might realize the kind of concern uh, 
that is actually present at the heart of most parents and and uh, teachers while uh, systemically we don't talk of these issues uh, there are hundreds and thousands of parents uh, across our country who are dealing with children who've been bullied uh, who've been compromised uh, sexually who've had to face substance abuse who are addicted to gaming and have needed mental health support and are going through depression um please uh, do take time to read out this book you can buy this book off amazon flipkart you can buy it at a crossword at an independent bookstore near you uh, but i highly recommend that you grab a copy because uh, nowhere in in mainstream in the media will you see such a detailed and honest account of really what is going um, on with your child uh, you know behind these closed doors of posh schools and tuition centers and classes that we keep sending our children to um, and and it's uh, imperative that you might not know about say cyber security or such details but you educate yourself for the for the well-being of your children or you can help out someone in the family thank you once again josna you know for doing this episode it's been an incredible uh, uh uh you know heartbreaking as well as important episode i would say tune into us on spotify google podcasts apple podcasts gana and hd smartcast